Hey, howdy, hey, friends. Welcome to the Rope Droppers Podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Disney needs. My name is Glenn, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts Landon and Colby. And today we'll be discussing the latest in Disney news in Hopper Drop, redesigning part of Animal Kingdom in respect, refurbish, re-theme, drafting what we want Disney to bring back, some defunct rides from the Disney parks. Then we'll be wrapping things up, as usual, with the Disney Trivia Showdown. So, I'm super excited for this week's episode. Without further ado, let's hop into Hopper Drop, where we decide whether or not we're hopping on board with something that the Disney company has done, or dropping them entirely for their decision. Let's jump into the first story, where Colby's going to introduce it. All right, I'm really excited to announce officially on the Rope Droppers podcast that Disney World, Walt Disney World, is selling annual passes once again. Can we just give a big round of applause? Because this took such a long time for them to do. They haven't sold since the parks closed for COVID, which is I don't get crazy it. to think about. Yeah, I don't get it either. It has something, I think it little has something to do with the reservation system and just like uh, everything that they were doing and they're trying to keep crowds down. But obviously all that stuff is over now. So it's just really exciting to be able to buy an annual pass again. And the price points didn't look that bad, in my opinion. So you could get... They're expensive, but they're right, super yeah. similar to what they were before. Like, I think the most expensive one is it, it's either 1300 or 1200 Then And then the one right below that, which is probably the best you get, I believe is the Pirate Pass. It's still 800 bucks, And most of the time, you wouldn't want to be there over the holidays anyway. So it's the one I would recommend getting. In addition to that, there's a little bit of a hack you can do if you don't have the money to buy it. Like, whenever you book your vacation, say you're buying a four-day park hopper pass, you can buy that four-day park hopper pass and then take it into guest relations, and then Disney will deduct the price of that four-day park hopper off of the price of the annual pass. So it's like you can put down basically like a deposit, but like it's just a little bit of a Disney hack for y'all. Like, if I ever buy an annual pass again, that's what I'll be doing. This is a huge hop for me, honestly. Super excited about this. I know that Disneyland's been selling theirs again for a little bit. They've been doing it at a limited capacity, but they've just started saying that they're not selling them at a limited capacity anymore. So really big hop across the board for me as far as Disney goes. Like, we need annual passes back. This is a huge hop. I don't know why anyone would really complain about this. It just drives more people in the parks and more loyal Disney supporters. And especially since this summer I'll be there. My mom can buy one of these. Shout out, Jennifer. Buy an annual pass. Come <laughs> visit me. And I'll be coming to visit you too because I'm probably going to buy an annual pass like in the next few days here. <laughs> so it's, it's April 20th. Is, yeah, I'm probably going to buy one. You have a trip coming up too, so it makes sense for you. Yes, I am going to Disney in one month and two days. I, in one month and two days, I'll be riding Tron. I am so excited. And we are bringing you some boots on the ground content, rope droppers content. So if you're listening to this episode right now, please comment on our Instagram or even my Instagram, Colby Trades Pins, what types of videos you want to see because I really am motivated to bring y'all some content at Disney World in May. So I'm really excited about that. I know I want to see some cool pin pictures on the rides. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that Colby Trades Pins content, honestly, as well as yeah, the rope coming. content to come. It's coming. I'm hyped. All right, let's move on to the next story. All right, without further ado, the next story is that a new Star Tours adventure is coming in 2024. So I'm hopping on board for this. I like Star Tours on popular opinion. So the fact that they're just putting time and just more effort into this ride to 
continue to make it better. And just, I feel like a lot of people aren't liking it these days. So them doing this shows, hey, we care. So props to Disney for that. So that's why I'm hopping on board. Yeah. So as far as Star Tours goes, I am, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of it. I do like it. But if you're going to keep it around, if you are going to continue to subject us to having star tours in the parks at least make it interesting so i would love to see mandalorian come in the new clone wars Andor, all that stuff but anyway if you're going to bring it bring star tours and make it relevant make it fresh make it fun make it funky bring in the new stuff so i it's definitely a hot for me I'm also, I, Landon was talking about, that's an unpopular opinion. I'm on the, apparently the popular opinion. I don't like Star Tours at all. I think it's like, of the new, since there is so much Star Wars content in Hollywood studios already, I would rather them just give us something else instead of more Star Wars. But if it's going to stay, I, w- I love that they're bringing in new adventures. I hope that they leave them all on this time, because I know Disney, after a while, started turning off some of the adventures because they were a little bit more complicated and made the machine break down. So my hope is that they will refine it and make it really good and just make it flow really well. That is my goal and my hope for this. Yeah, I'm hopping on board this one. And honestly, I'm hopping on board this one. But the one that I'm about to talk about is a little bit of a drop, but makes a little makes some sense in my head. Our next news story is actually late arrivals are no longer going to be accommodated for virtual queues in Disney World. So in the past, if you missed your virtual queue time, by a few hours, like say you were caught up somewhere, they would tend to give you a little bit of a grace period. But now Disney has officially put out a policy saying that they are no longer doing that. As a fan, I never miss my boarding group time, but it is a little bit of a drop knowing that now there's going to be anxiety, like saying we have to get there between that time. So it's a drop for that. But honestly, it makes sense for the Disney company. So I'm in, be- I'm in between. Yeah, I agree. I'm on the same page with you. It makes sense for sure on their part of why they're doing this. But as someone who has accidentally been late once, it was nice having that cushion in my head of, hey, they're going to let me in the ride anyways. But yeah, it's probably the right thing to do on their part. So I'm on the same page as you. Yeah, I'm dropping this. It's hot. I do not like this. And the biggest reason I don't like this is because sometimes things happen on your vacation that are out of your control, if that makes sense. So I think that this could be better if it was more of like a case-by-case basis, but just having a hard and fast rule saying that you're no longer going to accommodate for virtual queues when, you know, things could happen just that really like you weren't expecting on your vacation. Just in my opinion, like you could be, let's say you park hop and you go somewhere diff- or you leave and go eat somewhere or, and the bus breaks down. I don't know. There's just a lot of things that could happen or even like you are on a, you are, you get trapped on a ride and there's just a lot of things that can happen that do happen every time you go to Disney that could make you miss your boarding group. And so I don't like this, especially when usually when you get your boarding group, not usually, I guess like 50, 50, but sometimes you're paying for that. Like you're paying like the premium price to ride the rides. I really don't like this because sometimes I just think that there should be more grace given. And and back in the day, there was like, so when there was, paper fast passes you could come back anytime and it was like such a chill thing one thing i really don't like about disney now is that it's so automated and everything is has to be so on time when really it should be more like a vacation back in the day when you had 
paper fast passes. Bring them back. I think that. Yeah, I bring them like back. I missed the free souvenirs that I would take home from when we missed our fast passes, yes. and I would just have four of them. I had a little bin full of them at one point. Yeah, and also not to mention the joy of walking in the park and then some random family being like, hey, like we can't use these. Do you want these? Like that was such a cool thing. And we used to love doing that too. Like we would, my family would get more fast passes than we need if we know we need to go because we would bless someone else. And that was such a cool thing. And they took that away because of the whole new fast pass plus and all that stuff, which it's fine. I think fast pass has its advantages but as far as like the late arrivals no longer be accommodated, I really am not a fan of it. What I'm curious about whenever it comes to it is if, so say you like book your vacation months in advance, right? And you're at Magic Kingdom and you have a dining reservation for somewhere and your dining reservation happens to line up with your boarding group time. Like you get penalized for missing that dining reservation. Do you have to choose between the two? I wonder what their policy is going to be as like far as that goes. Because I know Disney's really big on making the moment right for people, so I don't think the instances where they get locked on it, like locked on a ride or like the bus breaks down, like stuff that's in Disney's control, not in the guest control. I don't think guests yeah. are going to be penalized for that. But I'm curious as like the stuff that is in the guest controls, like dining reservations, things like that. How Disney is going to accommodate that, and we're going to have to see that. I'm excited to see what they do with that in the future. And by excited, I'm nervous, and hopefully that it doesn't cause too many riots. But Overall, I think this is a little bit of a drop for us, but it does make sense for us for the Disney company as a whole. Yeah, really short hopper drop. It's, I love when we have hopper drop, though. We don't have enough stories, new stories usually, to fill a whole segment. So it is nice whenever we can get at least three in there and the boys and I can discuss the latest in Disney news. But now we're going to hop on in to the fourth and final park of the Disney Resort for Animal Kingdom for Respect, Refurbish, Retheme. And for this part of the show, we basically go through the park and we decide whether or not we respect a ride, show, attraction, restaurant. We respect it, we would refurb it, or we would retheme it. And we basically just give our own opinion on what Disney should do with each of these individual things. And today we're in Animal Kingdom. We're going through Discovery Island, Pandora, and Africa. So we're going to be doing it in two to three parts. We're not quite sure yet, but for the first episode, we are only covering these three lands. So... We're going to go ahead and walk it into the animal kingdom, see the beautiful tree of life. And I'm hungry. It's around lunchtime. So we're going to head on over to Flame Tree Barbecue, which is a pretty elite quick service restaurant here in Animal Kingdom. Yeah, I love Flame Tree Barbecue. So for me, this is going to be a big respect. I went there pretty recently at the beginning of the year. I got ribs or my mom got ribs and I think I ate a couple of those, but I got the pulled pork. It definitely needed the barbecue sauce. But hey, it still tasted good. But yeah, don't get me started on their mac and cheese either. I love it. It's pretty solid. So it's a respect for me. Yeah, absolutely. This is a big respect. This definitely is, I think, a top place to eat. I think in Disney World, when it comes to quick service, just because of that that pulled pork mac and cheese, it is absolutely goaded. It's wonderful. If you have never gone to Flame Tree Barbecue and tried the pulled pork mac and cheese, you're in luck because next time you go, you are going to go to there, that that place, Flame Tree Barbecue. Remember, go to there was a horrible, horrible sentence, but it's that's okay. This isn't grammar class. <laughs> yeah, this isn't grammar class. But I corrected myself. Hey, but I'll yeah, make it sound pretty for you. Don't worry. 
Thanks. Thanks. But order that pulled pork mac and cheese and then comment on rope droppers and be like, I just got the pulled pork mac and cheese. And I know that you will have the happiest moment of your day. Yeah. No, I also agree that it is. It's an elite quick service restaurant. I got in a little bit of trouble because outside of Disney World, I am not a barbecue guy at all. I don't know why, but I, I'm really just, I'm not, I don't like barbecue that much. But I love Flame Tree Barbecue and I think it's really good. But my sister called me out on it whenever we talked about it in an episode and we drafted like best quick service restaurants. I mentioned that I love barbecue in Disney. And they were like, you only eat chicken strips in Disney. And that's mostly true. But whenever I go to Animal Kingdom, I. Nine times out of ten, I will be going to Flame Tree Barbecue and getting the pulled pork mac and cheese. So I absolutely respect this. I think Disney has done a fantastic job on the menu. We're going to go ahead and move also, on out. Oh, go ahead. Also, I have no idea if this is still true, but while I was on my DCP, this was one of the only places that provided discounts for cast members. Now, and I don't know if that's true currently, but at the time it was, and it was really cool. I, I, yeah, I, do, I only do mobile orders now. There are a few restaurants, if you mobile order and you have a, your blue ID or like annual pass or whatever signed up for it, it automatically applies that discount. You never know. Always try to mobile order or ask the cast member if they give any types of discounts. Most of the time they'll say no, but it's those few times that make it worth it and give you that opportunity. So let's go ahead and head on over to the Adventure Outpost, which is where they moved. They used to have Camp Minnie Mickey where they would have a whole bunch of meet and greets here in Animal Kingdom, but Pandora took over that area. So now they moved a meet and greet for Safari, Mickey, and Minnie, which is a unique set of costumes to Animal Kingdom. You can meet them over here. And while I was making the list today in the past few days, I've checked the wait times. This thing is always like above like a 45-minute wait for these characters right here. If you get past 12, it's always such a long wait. And it's a unique experience to meet Mickey and Minnie in their Safari outfits, which is just such a cool thing. The only other place you can do it we'll be talking about later in this episode. It's at Tusker House. But... I have to respect it purely because of the unique costumes. If it was just a regular meet and greet, I'd be like, I, it could be a hit or a miss for me. But huge fan of the costumes, huge fan of the outfits. So yeah, me, the Adventure Outpost is a win for me. Yeah. You can't hate the dynamic duo in this one. The Safari outfits definitely can make it and great family experience and for all ages. Yeah, this is obviously this is not made for me and I recognize that. I think it's cool. I mean, it's, I definitely respect it. It makes sense. It's obviously very popular, just how Glenn alluded to. Before we move on, I'd love to ask y'all just about Animal Kingdom as a whole. Since we're in the hub, before we get too far into it, what do y'all think of Animal Kingdom as a whole? What do you think the identity of the park is? Animals. Okay. I do like that. I like Animal Kingdom a lot, even though it is a half-day park. Like, I could get it done, and I could go whenever I live there. I could go and be there for two hours and do everything I wanted to do. I wish there was more to do, and maybe at some point we will get into adding more things to Animal Kingdom, probably when we get to Dino Land. But I really like this park. I think that its identity isn't struggling as, isn't struggling as much as some of the other parks we've talked about. But it's a really good park. It's a relaxing park, I would say. And you don't get enough of those. It's just you can take your time in Animal Kingdom. There's lots of things to do that aren't just attractions, like Gorilla Falls. There's I'm not a huge fan of the petting zoo over at Planet Watch, but there's Rafiki's Planet Watch. There's lots of things to do over here. So it's a pretty big... I do the park a lot. And the icon is just so great. How can you hate on the Tree of Life? Yeah. Yeah, like the icon, I, I think, is really special. I think... That's what kind of makes 
the park, I guess you could say. And then, of course, I this is one of the only parks that I really think has two icons. Because, of course, we're not touching on Asia today, but you, when you see Expedition Everest, it really is like another icon. It's really beautiful. And it's just a really well-done roller coaster, whatever you want to call it. But I think, even though this park, I do think it is, I agree with you, that it is a half-day park. This park has a lot of potential to be something really great because some of the best rides in Disney are here. I just really hope that in the future that they expand a little more and put more things to do here because this park should not be half day. But as of right now, as of right now, it is. But I just want to touch on that real quick before we got too far into it. And it's a half day park that's with spending two, of your, two hours of your time at this park in line for Flight of Passage. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan. And honestly, I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of this park. And I'm a big fan of the next thing we're talking about with It's Tough to Be a Bug with some of the least represented characters in Disney media having their own attraction with the cast of Bugs Life living under the tree of life in amphitheater style thing and having a show. One of Disney's longest running performances to date. Big fan of this. I really like this. I don't like how it breaks down sometimes, but with a little bit of love and a little bit of refurbishment, I think this ride has a lot of potential and could last a really long time. I love the posters with the puns about Disney movies like with bugs in it. I'm not a huge fan of yeah. bugs. It is tough to be a bug. Big fan of this one. Yeah, I'm a big fan too. One of my favorite things to do is take someone on this ride that or experience that has never done it before. I took Gwen on it. For the first time, she had no clue that there was something in the tree. So whenever we did it, it was just funny because every time I would know something coming up, whether it's on the seat or whatever, she would have no clue and I get to watch her reaction. It was just so funny. But I think it did a great job with this. I'm all the way respecting this one. So what do you think, Colby? I definitely don't like it as much as y'all do. I like the property. It's a bug's life. I, it's, I think it's a great movie and it's funny. It's really quotable. But I definitely don't like it as much as y'all do just by the way you're talking about it. I think it could use a refurbishment. I think it could use some love. The Hopper animatronic is still, it still stands the test of time. I think it is really good. But the last time I went on it, he wasn't working. <laughs> so, yeah. huh? Yeah. And that really takes away from, I think, the experience when he's not working. So if you could just make the animation a little better just touch that up and obviously get hopper to start working again i think that this can get back to where it should be so i think it needs a refurbishment but i wouldn't disagree with that point i think that i think there's a lot of rides in disney that need especially here in animal kingdom that could use a little bit of love and we'll get into some of those later but yeah i totally get that and i respect what you said yeah Let's go ahead and hop on over to the next thing then. That would be another food service restaurant, which I imagine we're going to disagree on, with Pizza Fari, with an elite name such as Pizza Fari and a pretty decent menu. I think it has its place in Disney, but I would be no means upset if it went away, but I do respect it for what it is for those picky eaters who come to the park and can't find a place to eat. Pizza Fari is their friend, so respect, but I'm not opposed to any other opinion because i wouldn't be sad if it left you gotta have pizza at every park in my opinion but i'm not respecting this one it's a little boring inside the place for me it is the generic pizza 
and so is a Pizza Rizzo, but Pizza Rizzo has a piece of my heart from my childhood. This is just a boring building with some random pizza. So if they change the inside, make it a little more exciting, put some more animal stuff in there, maybe I'll be on board. But how it is, it's just not doing it for me. Yeah, I actually really like the name. I think the name really hits home for me. Pizza Fari is just, it's cool. Yeah, it's, a good um, it's a good play on words. Yeah, it's a good play on words, but that's probably the only thing I like about this. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's putting it lightly. It's just, I've, I've had pizza here and I think it's the worst pizza I've had on property. I really do. I'm not kidding. They, do, I, they seem to cook this pizza longer. What? They seem to cook this pizza longer than any like pizza than pizza Rizzo. Yeah, they burning like, it. Super dark. Yeah, they burn it every time. And I don't. And for what? I'm not sure. But I would definitely. I would keep this actually, but I would refurb this like crazy. Give it a huge fa- facelift. Make it more of like a specialty pizza type place. One of my favorite foods ever is like specialty pizza with all the stuff on it with bell peppers and jalapenos and pineapple because pineapple does. Yeah, sweet the kitchen. Pineapple does go on pizza, by the way. I agree with that. Um, yes. yes. But make it like just gigantic pizza that is obviously dinosaurish themed pizza fari theme like larger than life pizza that's what i would like to see now disney would have to put money into that which i know they wouldn't want to but that's what i would really like to see just because i think that there's a lot of potential there and you could do chicken pizza like steak pizza like all this like crazy stuff this is a fantastic um, idea. It, 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 it's, it's exciting like it gets me pumped up honestly um, to think hungry. about that happening yeah it gets me really hungry it's 10:25 here where I am in Charlottesville, and I am so hungry right now. It's insane. <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna get through this recording without eating. I didn't think I was gonna be hungry going into this, but this is like the second of so many restaurants we have to talk about. I know, <laughs> but I just want a huge pizza right now, and maybe one day I'll have one at Pizza Fari that is specialty. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I. Yeah. I I can't agree that the only thing that Disney, that the only thing this restaurant holds above any other restaurant is the name. And (laughs) that does make me sad for my nostalgia's sake, but I also understand why. And I think it's just this area of Disney has such good names because the next thing we're talking about is just the Starbucks, right? It's just the Starbucks for Animal Kingdom, but the name is called Creature Comforts. And that's just honestly such a good name for the Starbucks in Animal Kingdom. And also, of the Starbuckses, this is the only one I feel like I can walk into and it doesn't feel like I'm being swarmed by people. I respect it for what it is. We talked about Starbucks before whenever it came to Hollywood Studios. I think that's the one where we really hit home as far as to why it's necessary for the Disney parks. And this one doesn't feel super intrusive because it feels very in tune with Animal Kingdom, just with it not just being shoved in the middle of their main street. It's tucked away to the side, really spread out, which is the thing that works really well for Animal Kingdom. So I respect Creature Comforts, a.k.a. Starbucks in Animal Kingdom. Yeah, it's a Starbucks at the end of the day, but something Disney does good is the theming. And like you said, like this name, is it is a good name, and it stands out from the rest and doesn't just make it a generic Starbucks. And I think that's special, and I think it's different. But yeah, we've had our Starbucks conversations in the past. I'm going to respect this one. What do you think, Colby? I just... By my morals and by what everything I stand for, I can't respect it. 
But I will say, I do agree with Glenn that this is probably the best location of Starbucks in any Disney park. It does feel spacious in there. And I do think it's themed well. I don't hate Starbucks. I drink Starbucks all the time. It's just, I, we've gone over why I don't like Starbucks in the parks, but so we won't, I won't bore you with that. But at the end of the day, I'd like to see a more unique style come to there. I know that's maybe not the most possible, but for what it is, I think they did a good job with the theming. Honestly, this is a, I like this one a lot more because every time that I've been looking for, so Disney makes these Star Wars been there mugs that are just really cool. And every time I've, yeah, those are really cool. I've ended up finding them here at Animal Kingdom too. I've never, I, they're really difficult to find in the really popular Starbucks locations, especially the one in Hollywood. So I have two of them. I have the Naboo one and I have the Navarro one, the one, the planet from the Mandalorian. So, but, I'm a really big for some for people like that who are looking for those specific mugs. Animal Kingdom is a really good place to find that. We're gonna move on to another restaurant, like a really surprising one when it comes to Animal Kingdom because it's super nice and super luxurious with Tiffins over here in Animal Kingdom. It's Tiffins, and attached to it is the Nomad Lounge, which is like a little bit of a bar. We don't have to talk about that. I've never been to Tiffins because it is a little bit outside of my price range on like a regular trip or a regular day to the parks, but I've heard extremely good things about it. So I'm respecting it and I think it's cool to get an experience like this in Disney. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been here either. Just looking at the menu, I picked a couple things that like looked really good. The lobster mac and cheese, that was probably at the top of my list. Just hearing that, that sounds really good. Like I'm a big mac and cheese guy and then lobster is amazing. So put two of those things together sounds amazing and then another thing was surf and turf i love that i definitely think i'd enjoy this place but obviously i've never been so i can't give an honest review just what i see colby have you ever been i'm here to report that this place goes so hard it is so good and i actually did have the surf and turf and it was amazing and the theming in there is just great it's like on a it's on the water a little bit you can't yeah, which is, I think, really unique for a Disney park, I guess you could say, because there's not really many restaurants that offer that in a Disney park right now. So it's really beautiful. I think it's particularly beautiful, actually. Probably my one of my favorite inside of a, res- inside, inside of a restaurant, like the way it's decorated and stuff. This is a top 15 restaurant for me right now. Yeah, so I think that it's a special place to go it is expensive now that is obviously everything in disney is expensive but this one it definitely is like particularly expensive know that going into it but you are not going to be disappointed it's a lovely place and i've never been to the nomad but it sounds like your basic bar so it's decently fancy for animal kingdom standards at least yeah i can't really hate on it i think it offers a unique experience for animal kingdom it is since it's a top 15 restaurant for colby it is going to probably end up being in the top 15 for me too whenever I try it. Highly recommend going to Tiffin's. Now is we're going to move Tiffin's, on in to... Here, real quick. Is Tiffin's the one that when you're walking towards Flight of Passage and everything? Okay, it's on the right there. Okay. It's on the right side. Yeah, I try, to lay out the, I try to lay out the episodes to where we're going in a, yeah, in a semi-direct path. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. okay. Alrighty. So now we're going to go ahead and move on to the next part of the show, the next land of Animal Kingdom. We're leaving Discovery Island. We've covered everything there. A lot of restaurants. Restaurants to ride ratio was a little bit off there. But we're going to head on into one of the more disappointing parts of Pandora with Navi River Journey. 
I do think it has its place. I think the animatronic is cool. But overall, I wish it was longer. There, I have a couple of complaints. It's a decent B attraction for this land and consistently draws crowds. So I respect it for that reason. But for my own personal reasons and just for my sake, bro, fix this ride, please, Disney. I don't want you to retheme it, but make <laughs> it longer. Make it longer. I do the aspect that it is a water dark ride. We don't have a lot of those in Disney. But... Like, just make it better. That's all I got to say. I don't know how you would make it better, but you have the room. You're clearly investing a lot of money into Avatar. Make this ride elite, if not just one step below its neighbor. So that's my thoughts and opinions. It's going to be the little brother all the time, and nothing will ever change that with this ride. But they can just do a little something to make it better. I'm fully there on that. I like the animatronic. It's cool. But, like, a lot of times the animatronic alone isn't going to do it for me. So I think there needs to be a little bit of change here. Yeah. As far as this ride goes, I actually don't hate it because I think the animatronic is really cool. And I'm kind of an animatronic lover. I think that they're just really amazing. So I've always been a big fan of a really unique and thought-out animatronic, and you do get this with this ride. I think the big problem with this ride is that the first 75% to 80% of this ride is like worthless and boring. <laughs> I think, so I, think that's the, I think that that's the biggest issue is I think it, the ride would be more fun if you just walk through and got to see the, like literally you just got to see the animatronic and be like, okay, that's cool. You're saying, but yeah, it's like a Moana way of water. Change that into the Navi River journey. They should have done is make it like a sunny eclipse style thing. Throw that thing over into Tuli's Canteen, and uh... <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> it would have been, it would have worked better than this because this is just yeah. this whole situation. Like when I really think about it, I just really don't like it. So I don't know. It is mid. I don't. But here's the thing. I think the thing is, I struggle with how do you fix this. I don't know a scenario that this can really be fixed. Maybe I think the biggest way you could fix it is putting in more animatronics that are like that, that are telling a story. So it's not just because when you ride that ride, it's just nothingness for 80% of the ride. And there's not really anything you're following. You're trying to follow something, but there's nothing to follow. If you you haven't seen Avatar, this ride, like, you have no clue what's going on. Unless you, you even if you have. Movie. Yeah, even if you have. What do you yeah, mean? Yeah. I was agreeing with that. But I was just like, even at the other side, like, you have no clue what's happening. It doesn't give you any insight of, oh, this is what kind of happens in Avatar. It's just, here, get on this boat, ride through, look at this, and it's over. Yeah, I and I think that's why my professional opinion is like to respect it, but my personal one, my my deep loathing for lackluster things in Disney parks is just, this has got to go. But I do understand that you can't just have Pandora with one attraction. And, yeah, I think, and I think because the other attraction is such an elite attraction, is so good, is like probably top 10 for me, at least, is why it's, is why this ride just seems to, just seems to fall below the bar. Yeah. 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 When I really think about what they could do, it really means that they have to pour probably like $50 million into this to make it cool. I'm just kidding. Probably not that much, but like it it would be expensive because they would have to put in, they put in, so 
literally, this is what they did with Navi River Journey. They put in a ride that you, it's like the first half of living with the land. You're not really, you don't really know what's going on. But living, even living with the land does a better job at explaining what's going on because they have the narration. This ride, you are just riding something into nothingness with background music that you can't understand. So it's, it does, there's just a lot of, there's just so much wrong with this. So to, to put a pretty bow on this, I will <laughs> completely refurbish this ride because I do think there's potential here. Fill the moat with concrete and make it a walkthrough. I don't hate that idea, but I'm going to keep the river <laughs> journey. But I'm just going to... I would like for it to be a story about... What's the guy, Jake Scully? Sully, what's his name? Yeah, make it about that. Make it about that he's fighting people or something. Make it interesting. Make me not want to be bored the whole time I'm riding it. So that's what I would do. That's fair. I think... I think... We're about to talk about a ride that's queue is four times more interesting than this ride. The queue is four times more interesting than this ride with Avatar Flight of Passage. It's a pretty good one. I'm a big fan of Avatar Flight of Passage. I absolutely respect this ride. Anyone who doesn't respect this ride don't really understand you at all. But big fan. You're not a Disney Flight of Passage. It's sick. Yeah, you're not a Disney person or like anyone who, if you've never ridden this ride, I get it. But for anyone who's ridden this ride, this is a top 10, if not a top 5 Disney ride for all Disney fans. Yeah. Um, huge fan for it. What if they don't like simulators and stuff like that? Then why are you in Disney? No, dude. It's not 90%. That's, that's when you go over the across the pond to Universal. All those screens and all that stuff. Never been here. It's trash. Never going. Universal's not trash. I like Universal. I the thrill rides there are to die for. They're amazing. About buying a, a little annual pass this summer, but we'll cross that. Oh yeah, dude, summer. I would totally would. It's worth going. I, every time I've gone to Universal, I've had fun. But go ahead. Yeah. All right, back to Avatar: Flight of Passage. I love it. The queue is amazing. Really, just from start to finish, a plus ride for me. I love just like, getting this thing with my family and just being able to like when like the whole screen opens up it is just so crazy the banshee breathing in between my legs like that is just like a an extra thing that disney does that in my mind like that separates them from the rest that little detail that brings the audience and bring the fans closer to this experience it's like unlike any other so that's why it's an a plus ride for me i think it's top five but it's probably not top three for me i don't know but it's good yeah, this is an amazing ride. Imagineers kicked out, kicked it out of the park, <laughs> headed out of the park, whatever you want to say. It's just, it's when you think immersive, this is so immersive. I don't care about Avatar, bro. I just, I the movies are okay. The last movie was actually really good. I really liked it, but the story isn't compelling enough for me to really get excited about Avatar and be a huge fan. If that makes sense, I enjoyed the movie while watching it, but. So that's why I was really skeptical when Disney bought Avatar and they wanted to put in Pandora. But man, they just really blew my mind with this area and just really did an incredible job. And it really, I think it flows well with Animal Kingdom. And this ride is a big part of why it's, it's necessary that when you are bringing up some of the best expansions and best things that Disney has ever brought into the parks that you have to mention, Pandora and Avatar Flight of Passage. So Avatar Flight of Passage, I would say it is a top 10 ride at worst. I agree. I respect it. The only negative thing I would say about it 
is that it used to be a lot more rough and they have to they have tamed it now like i remember when i first wrote it in 2016 like 2017 area it was a lot more rougher and it would like throw you around but they had to stop doing that because of the wear and tear on the machines and stuff like that it would cost more money for them which i understand it's still an elite ride but i would bring it back to that where it was throwing you around more yeah but definitely a plus ride one of the coolest parts is seeing like the actual avatar in the queue line like that just and then the little details like they have all over the desk and everything. I don't know. That kind of stuff just wins me over. I could talk about this yeah. for a long time. Same. Yeah, no, I completely agree. The Q, Because the Q is so good, just makes you feel like you're actually on a different planet. Same with this whole, the whole land is so immersive. It really is yeah. like Disney stepped up their game with this. So I can't really hate on it. And now we're going to move on to the food offerings of this land. They have a little tiny food stand over here called Pagu Pagu. Or Pongu. They have a little tiny stand over here called Bungu, where you can get like boba drinks, a couple of different types of things. I like this place. I've gotten a couple of good drinks from here. Haven't gotten them since the land opened, though, but I respect it for what it is. Yeah, I've never been. After looking at the menu, the spring roll sounded good to me. Colby, have you had those? I have, and I'm here to report they're not as good as the cheeseburger spring rolls and pizza <laughs> spring rolls, but they're very good. So yeah, I wouldn't change anything about this. This is a good place to get a spring roll. And it's as basic as can be. So I couldn't really say anything too negative about it. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that, I think the next one, Satuli's Canteen goes hand in hand with this one over here. I had Satuli's Canteen for the first time on this last trip with Landon and Colby. I got the burger pods. So good. So good. It's a, it's a very good quick service restaurant. Animal Kingdom is two for three on quick service restaurants as far as food goes for me. Can't really hate on this one. Yeah, I also had it that same day. That was the first time for me. I think I got the combo bowl that day. And just reading the description for it, it was amazing when I had it. But it was just like the slow-cooked meat, like slow-cooked chicken and everything. That's how I like it, so it tasted very good to me. But yeah, thank you, Colby, for taking us there. Ah, oh, dude, no problem. It was a blast. Every time I go to Animal Kingdom, this is definitely on my radar. I think it's an elite restaurant. What I love about it is it's so unique and it offers things that other places in Disney World don't offer. So I think it's a great option and they have free refills and it's just really nice in there. It's obviously it's new. It's in 2016. That's not that long ago. It's just a lovely place to, to grab by to eat. And also just, again, the food offering is just so different that it definitely makes it worth visiting. But everything I've had there is really nice. So definitely check that out next time you go. Cheeseburger pods are really good. I had that, the platter. I get the platter every time I go. It's definitely worth it. But check it out next time you go. Yeah, and now we're going to move on to another stage show over here in Animal Kingdom with... Ref nope. We're going to move on to another stage show over here in Animal Kingdom with Festival of the Lion King. And it's been a long time since I've seen Festival of the Lion King. But it's so good, and it's one of my favorite, like, it was one of my favorite experiences to do as a kid with the audience participation and the actors, and it's such a unique experience over here in Animal Kingdom. Yeah, this is great for all ages, so I'm going to respect this one. If I had to change anything, the seats are hard. That's it. But other than that, it's great. Yeah, I feel really bad about saying this, but I'm ready to see this go. Only because it's been around for so long. It is a great show, and the vocal performances are incredible. But I wouldn't mind seeing it go for a newer experience, but 
Like, I wouldn't mind if it was like a ride that you got to get like a dark ride. That's a huge building. Like a Lion King dark ride would be cool. I, I think there's a lot of things you could do with the Lion King property. I definitely would want Lion King IP to stay there because Lion King just, first of all, it's like one of the best and most classic Disney movies. Of course, it's in the Disney Renaissance period. Like these are all like really important movies to Disney. And of course it fits well in Animal Kingdom. But yeah, Festival of Lion King has been around for so long. And while I do enjoy it, I just wouldn't mind something new coming. So it's definitely not like a, oh, this has to change if that makes sense. Because I I do like it and I'm a singer. So I will always appreciate like an incredible vocal performance. And every time you go in there, they are just slaying away, like going crazy vocally. And so I enjoy that aspect of it. But it's, I just wouldn't mind seeing like a really cool Lion King ride there instead. Just for a little more to do in Animal Kingdom. And I think that's totally fair. I think there is room in Animal Kingdom, if you didn't want to get rid of this, to put a Lion King attraction. But I totally get what you're saying. I would love for the Animal Kingdom IP to have more than just a statue or or this stage show. I think it'd be cool to have more than that. That'd be sick. So now we're going to move on to my favorite sit-down restaurant in Animal Kingdom. Almost. Rainforest Cafe is at the front of the park. And that takes my <laughs> first place. But Tusker House, Tusker House does take a, a very close second. has a very good buffet-style food where you can get totally unique food. Unless you go in the mornings, then you can have a really elite breakfast. In the mornings, it's $45 for adults. And that's the only price I know because that's the only time I've been. But for the nights, this is a character dining restaurant. It's a buffet, and it is $59 per, per person per adult and $38 per kid. And here you can meet the Fab Five. So Minnie, Mickey, Donald, Goofy, Pluto. I meet the whole nine yards. I am a fan of this, and I think it offers a unique dining experience of the buffet-style, character-style dining. I think this one is pretty good. So I respect it. Yeah. Shockingly for me, I've never been here. We did a lot of things like this growing up. But Tusker House, I just don't have any memory of doing it or going to it. So it's definitely something I'm going to need to try, especially for breakfast, the way you're talking about it. I'll have to try that out this summer. Yeah, this is this place is solid. It reminds me of Chef Mickey's in a way. Because you, you do get to meet the characters and... While the food is good, it's probably it's not like great. It's still a buffet, but I think this is a great option for families. And I enjoyed it last time I went, but the last time I went I was probably like 15. So it's been like 12 years at this point. <laughs> We're going to continue on the food train over here in Animal Kingdom because I didn't realize how much of a food based park this is. And I guess it makes sense for how few attractions they have. They have a, It's very filled up with restaurants and gift shops. They have another place on property where you can get Dole Whip is right here at the refreshment stand in Animal Kingdom. Only thing I've ever gotten there is the Simba Sunset, shout out to KJ, or, the, or just the Pineapple Dole Whip. But for those reasons, and on a hot day, especially in Animal Kingdom where this is a hot park, I think this is a really good option to get a nice little snack. Yes, I'm respect this is a great addition to the park. I would hate to see this go. Like you're saying, on a hot day, this just, it hits different. The pineapple Dole Whip, I love it. Ironically, my neighborhood here at college has a little Dole Whip stand, so I'm a big fan of it. Just here, it's different. 
Yeah, I think one of the biggest problems about Animal Kingdom is there's too many places to eat. And we're seeing that in this respect, refurbished for theme. And there's just not enough to do. So I'm not saying I would get rid of this because it is a cool place. And like, I've been here before and it's solid. But I think as I'm looking over Africa, there's just not enough to do. I think just as a whole, Disney definitely needs to take a hard look at what they're doing over here. I know that Kilimanjaro Safaris takes up like an enormous amount of space, which we'll touch on that soon. That is the next thing we are talking about is another food restaurant, Colby, surprisingly, Harambe Market. And this place has a, is a very unique menu. And I will say that about Animal Kingdom. They do a really good job of having super unique food experiences. Like in Magic, they have a lot of food, but it's all generic Disney food. Here you can get like ribs, chicken bowls, Harambe salad. Like you can get salads. You can get a whole bunch of different things. Tend to be healthier options, surprisingly. Harambe Market, I do respect it because this area is absolutely beautiful. I would love to see, like you said, Colby, for them to... Harambe Market takes up a huge area of the park. I would love, I think this would be a great area where they could fit a little tiny, like, attraction slash dark ride is right over here next to Harambe Market. Yeah, I like Harambe Market, but there are a lot of restaurants. But for the menu side of this, I like what they have. I'm a big chicken chicken bowl guy. I just like that kind of stuff, so this is right up my alley. So I'm going to respect it. But they definitely could use this space as something. So if there was, like, a project that came along, and they had to take this away. I don't think I'd be that upset. But yeah, for what it is, I like it. Yeah, I don't know. It just always goes back to there's not enough to do here. Also, this park is really spaced out, which is not a problem. I just think it's like hard to get from place to place because it's so spaced out and there's just not enough to do. So that's why I, feel, that's why I think it feels so hot there because you're having to walk everywhere. And I think the natural flow of the park, like it, it just kind of... In, induces more heat i don't know how to explain that but there's just all the forestation and stuff like that and like all the trees inside it just feels hotter yeah it's exactly that's ex- exactly how to say it but i don't know I, i'm really excited to talk about these next two things yeah there are actually two attractions over here in africa the first one we're going to hit on is kilimanjaro safaris which colby just mentioned takes up like 90 percent, if not a little bit less of the land in animal kingdom is dedicated to a wildlife preserve. Here you can see like animals up close and personal to your cart. Like you got giraffes, you got wildebeests, you got warthogs, you got fence, you got a whole bunch of stuff. I'm a huge fan of, of Harambe. Nope. I'm a huge fan of Kilimanjaro Safari. So mad respect for this. I do miss something about this ride. I'm hoping to touch on that a little bit later. I really like Kilimanjaro Safari, so I respect it for what it is. Yeah, this is just such an like insanely unique experience. Not many people get to say they've been on a safari. So this is just, having this here is just so awesome, and I'm such a big fan of. And it just, it's relaxing, and it just has a mix of excitement, just so much going on this ride. So I'm a big fan of it. Boy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I Kilimanjaro Safari is great. I think that this ride and this attraction is important to the identity of what Animal Kingdom is. And it's not a zoo. As so famously, that was a tagline when they opened up Animal Kingdom. Like there would be 
really funny commercials. If you haven't seen these, look them up. Animal Kingdom, not a zoo. They're really funny commercials because Disney was getting so much backlash about them opening a zoo. <laughs> and so they just like really hammered at home that it wasn't a zoo, but it yeah. is a zoo in a way. Just to just to be real, and I think that Kilimanjaro Safaris is a cool ride, and I like that there's a there's like a, a jungle cruise aspect to this where you have the safari guide and you get to ride in those cool buses. Just a cool experience. Also, it's really unique to be so close to like giraffes and stuff like that. It's cool. It definitely yeah. definitely is a worth going to do. I remember whenever I was like ten. I was like sitting on the edge of the car and an ostrich who walked straight up right next to me and I was freaking out. So the fact you can get that close is pretty crazy. Yeah, and the fact that you actually get delayed on the ride while watching it from animals like intercepting your path, that's such a, it's crazy for Disney to do something like this in general. And I love that it's a preserve and that it really pushes the that nature of it. I'm a big fan of this. Like we said, I absolutely respect it. They can't say too much. They can't say the same thing about the next thing we're going to talk about, um, honestly. But now we're moving on to the Wildlife Expe- Express, a.k.a. Rafiki's Planet Watch over here in the Animal Kingdom. I'm a big fan of what this used to be. It was a cool experience to do as a kid. But now it's just been left to just be like a place for Disney to host their drawing and animation area over in Rafiki's Planet Watch. So in my opinion, this whole thing's got to go. I don't want to fill it with concrete. I wouldn't mind, we've talked about this before, I wouldn't mind a Zootopia area coming to this part of the park, but that would be my idea to bring Zootopia to Rafiki's Planet Watch in the Wildlife Express area. I think it would fit so well over here. And yeah, that's those are my thoughts. I honestly don't have too, much to, too many positive things to say about it. What are you guys' thoughts? I feel like this area is having a identity crisis over the past few years i hate that they do the animation thing in there that makes me so mad it's just kind of oh where are we gonna put this let's just smack down in the middle of here i don't like that so i think they need to just restart this whole area kind of like you're saying maybe this is a good spot for zootopia i would like to see that i'd like to see something new but i think they need to do a little work here yeah i don't want to come down too hard on this and be like the evil man on the podcast but this is just horrible i really don't think that this adds a lot of value to the park and it's taking up so much space that's like the big problem you have to take a train to get over there but that's just that's it's an issue i i wouldn't mind zootopia coming over here just thing coming over here i don't want to fill it with concrete at all because this is valuable space that the disney company needs to use to make animal kingdom better uh, there's just nothing to do over here that really anyone wants to do. I know you can like pet goats over here. Okay, guys, I could rant about this because, but I'm not going. I'm not going to. But you're paying 140 bucks to go to Animal Kingdom or whatever it is on a peak day. It's just the standard that you are trying to uphold is not being met when you're charging that type of money for a petting zoo. But Zootopia, Beastly Kingdom, anything. Like, literally anything coming to this area would be better than this. So, I don't know. I don't really have any much much else to say about it. 
A positive thing over here that I like and my little sister likes a lot, they have the animal hospital where you can see them doing special types, specialty surgeries on animals. Nothing super like graphic or anything, but it is that's a cool aspect of this area that I think that is still reminiscent of what Rafiki's Planet Watch used to be. But I absolutely agree that it's it, right now it is pretty much just wasted space. And it's a bit of a shame, but... Speaking of what Rafiki's Planet Watch used to be, we're going to go ahead and jump on into this week's draft that we're calling Bring It Back Disney. This is going to be a little bit of a different draft, and we're going to be drafting the items that we would want Disney to bring back, like a thunked section of the parks or something like that. We want them to bring back these ex extinct attractions. So Disney came to us, and they were like, Colby, Landon. If you could bring back any four attractions, any four experiences, any four restaurants, what would they be and why? And that's what we're drafting this week. First, the order is going to be Colby and then Landon, and then we're going to move on to me. So I'm super excited about it, and I think it's going to be really good. So, Colby, you I'm can excited. start us off with your I'm first excited. round pick. Yeah, so my, my first round pick, and I think this would be... I don't know. I think people will have mixed opinions on this, but I want paper fast passes to come back. And I know this would never, I know this would never happen, but just go with me here. The reason I want paper fast passes to go back is because it felt more like a vacation. It felt more like a relaxed environment. I do fast pass plus. I think there's advantages to that. Like I alluded to earlier, being able to do it so easily on your phone, but then you, you're on your phone a lot in Disney, and that's not really fun. The simplicity of paper fast passes was, I think, was just a really beautiful thing. And there's nothing like that rush of rushing to Toy Story Mania and getting standing in line, getting in the kiosk, and getting up paper fast passes. It's just it's really exciting, and so that's what I would want to bring back for a lot of reasons, but the simplicity of it is what and also it's included in the park admission which that's another cool thing about it and it's not that way anymore yeah like i went to disneyland in 2018 <laughs> i think was the last time i went to disneyland and they still had paper fast passes like you had to pay for they had a thing called max pass that you had to pay for it was like ten dollars in addition to your park admission but you could still go and get those paper fast passes for anything you wanted and it was pretty cool so i also missed that yeah yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely coming off my list. Good pick. Good <laughs> it's pick. also on mine, so. Yeah, for mine, I have a big list of things, but like this week I'm really having trouble with what I'm going to pick first, but I'm just going to pick the Sorcerer hat. I really like it. I really hey. Like it. Ah, nice. It was iconic. It was iconic, so that's going to be my pick. It's a good centerpiece. I think they need to bring it back. That was on my yeah. list. It's also on my list. I really like that, That, but... I think that I agree with you. MGM Studios, a.k.a. Hollywood Studios, is in desperate need of a park icon. So why not bring back the best with the Sorcerer hat? What a shame that they got rid of it. I get they wanted to bring back that center street like you're looking right down at the Chinese theater. But, man, that's honestly overrated. Like, it's really far away. They're legally not allowed to use the Chinese theater as their, as their park icon either because they didn't really get permission from the Grauman Theater to use their likeness. Yeah, my thing that I want to bring back is also park icon related. I want them to. I I wish they would have never gotten rid of this. The Fountain of Nations in oh. the, in the center of Future World. I'm no. so sad that this is gone. 
Uh, that is, that's my first overall pick, and I'm super happy with that pick. Glad nobody took it, but big fan of just mostly what Future World used to be. And I think this was a really great example of Disney just messing everything up in Epcot. I'm yeah. a big fan. I miss the, the Fountain of, the of Nations so much, and I really almost picked paper paper or I almost picked it over paper fast passes. That's how much I miss it. The opening day ceremony, it might have been a like a publicity stunt, but how they had every country that sponsored a pavilion brought like water yeah. from their own country and poured it into it, and then that's so I mean, beautiful. Yeah, and the music was beautiful, and oh man, it was amazing. And, the, and it would have like those random shows that it would just start going off. And it was like, whoa, this is cool. It was just majestic. And now we have, the good thing is, Glenn, we have uh, the Moana walkthrough attraction that we were really dreaming yeah, about. Yeah, maybe they'll get the rock in there. Oh, oh my gosh. Of, pour a little bit of, what's his drink called? I don't know the name of his drink. All right, so my next pick, uh, I'm really in between two. And it's really hard for me to pick in between these. But I'm going to go with the Castle Dreamlights. And so the Dreamlights, if you are unaware of what they are, these things that they would put up during Christmas time, and they are just so beautiful, really mesmerizing. So if you don't know what it is, look up Castle Dreamlights, and you'll see, and you'll I think you'll see quickly why I want them back, because it is just gorgeous. It's iconic. I don't really like it that it's gone. Like yeah, it really does. And I know that it's probably having to do something with Happily Ever After, which makes sense. But I think I would sacrifice Happily Ever After for a few months for Castle's Dreamlights or just the projections part of it. So maybe they can make it work with both. I don't know. I think that it's a possibility. It would take a significant amount of work on Disney's part. Yeah, but I that Castle's Dreamlights were really cool. I, I definitely want them back. Back to the hard decisions here. But I want to keep Hollywood Studios Hollywood. I want the Backlot Tour. No, that was my next pick. That's so oh, good. No, you're good. I respect your pick. That's good. Man, that means I'm going to have to actually take from my controversial list over here. Goodness. I like the backlog a lot. I think it, it added a lot. All righty. Can't lie. That wasn't on my list of 20 really? things I have on my list. Nah, I don't miss it at all. I miss that version of Hollywood a lot. I have a couple things from that version of Hollywood on my list. I respect that pick, Landon. I'm going to bring back Maelstrom. I want to bring the Norway back to Norway, and I want them to maybe a little bit of an updated version, but give us back Maelstrom. That is my second overall pick. Good. All right. That was on the list. Man, that's also that also was not on my list. I can't lie. <laughs> I like the Maelstrom, but I don't miss it. It's whatever. Wow, okay. <laughs> I'm just Kobe, this Kobe hates Vikings. <laughs> what? So I have a few things that it's really hard for me not to pick. I can we do a like an honorable mention after this? You can do as many as you want. So basically, if I had to pick, I really want there to be no more park reservations. So that that would be my next pick. The park reservation system to be gone. And I know that's probably controversial, but it just goes back. The reason I like to go to Disney is like to relax 
And the park reservation system makes that hard to do at times because you have to get the certain reservation and then you can't park hop until it's like after two o'clock and it's just lame and it kind of sets like the standard that you have to have everything figured out before you go. And I don't really like that. I like to have an ebb and flow. If I want to go to Magic Kingdom one day, I wake up and, but oh, actually I want to go to Hollywood Studios in the morning. I like to have that flexibility. And right now you don't have that flexibility, making it harder for no reason. So I want to see it go. Hey, might as well. All right, Glenn, pick a number one or two. Oh, it's no. Uh, let's pick. go with number two. Pick. Let's go with number two. Number two. All right, Colby's going to hate this one. But I guess I'm sticking at Hollywood. I'm not going to pick Hollywood next after this. But the American Idol experience. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really unique. No, I like Some that, people, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I was saying you, you would like it. Oh, okay, yeah. Pick, no, it wasn't on my list. Okay, fair. <laughs> but hey, un- unlimited space, it's okay. So. All right, that's a that's that's a very landing pick. I'm surprised that we haven't seen haven't seen something come out of the woodworks yet. Honestly, I've thought about this for a little bit, and I've drafted, I've drafted a couple of things, but now I think it's time to bring back the Disney dining plan. Disney dining plan is my my third overall pick. Surprised it lasted on the board this long. I think the Disney. Oh my gosh! Are you serious? <laughs> hey, you got a list of twenty. I know, but like that was—I thought that no one would think about that, and so I saved it for my last pick. I'm impressed. That was good. That was good, bro. So for my, I don't know. Y'all are doing more of rides and like stuff like that, and I did more of a broad thing, which I think makes this draft really fun because yeah, there's like so that. many different things you could. Yeah, there's so many things, different things you could draft. But this next one is a go with me here. But I want attractions that are not based on IP to come back. Because that's just the thing that I think is really unique. I can't think of an attraction not based on IP released in the past, like, 15 years. I really think Disney does really well. And I don't think IP has to go on every attraction. I just don't. Now... Is it the Disney that we are living in and the reality? The answer is unequivocally yes. And no, that probably won't change. But this is probably what this is. I'm talking about what I want to see. I like the original attractions that they bring sometimes. I think they're really cool. Like Soren's such a cool attraction. And there's no IP in there. It's just stuff like that. Pretty big blanket statement. It's a good draft. So for my next one. I feel a father head coach like picking his son doing this, just something like near and dear to my heart that no one else would actually <laughs> pick because he's trash. My my son is pitching yeah. the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> he may give up a hit every pitch, but it's okay. I'm bringing back those boats that I mentioned that one time. The ones, those like tiny boats at Fort Wilderness that they had. I have a really good memory of me and one of my friends doing that. So I'm going to bring that back. I think it'd be really fun to do and just explore. Yeah. I respect it. That's a fun one. It's like one of those, it, it's an experience. And I think that that's yeah. what's important. And, and that's what makes the Disney difference. Yeah. Absolutely. I had a decently hard time with this part of my list. I'm up to, I have a lot of like uh, very controversial things. I, 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 I didn't, <laughs> I'm only, I'm sticking my list to things. Almost everything on my list of things I got to do. But something that I'm going to bring back is the, not the very original, but the original-ish storyline to Kilimanjaro Safaris that made it feel like a ride in addition to a safari. Like the Simba 1 aspect of it. 
where you like got to interact with Wilson and you were looking for this baby elephant that was taken from its mother from these poachers. Honestly, I really liked that storyline and I thought it was a really cool aspect of Animal Kingdom. That's what I'm bringing back and that is the my fourth and that is the final pick for this week's draft. Let's go ahead and review our draft. So I took Paper Fast Passes, Castle Dreamlights, No More Park Reservation Systems, and then Attractions Not Based on IP. I took the Sorcerer Hat, Backlot Tour, the American Idol Experience, and the Boats at Fort Wilderness. And I took the Fountain of Nations, Maelstrom, the Disney Dining Plan, and the original storyline from Kilimanjaro Safaris. It's fun draft. Fun draft this week. Now we're going to go ahead and hop on into one of my favorite segments with the Disney Trivia Showdown. This is the part of the show where we all claim to be semi-Disney experts. We just redesigned part of Animal Kingdom. We just drafted the things we want Disney to bring back. This is the part of the show where we try to stump each other with our own Disney knowledge. We're going to go in the same order of the draft. All right, so I'm going to the things of the past, since that's the theme this week. So on Mr. Toad's gravestone, what does it say? It's, it definitely says, here lies, I don't know, what is it? It, said, it says, here lies Toad, it's sad but true, ah. not nearly as marketable as Winnie the Pooh. It says that on his tombstone? No way. That's iconic. You're that kidding. That is iconic. I need to see that. Okay, so I've been super invested in Hercules this past week with all the marketing I've been doing for this past episode. My question is super related to that. With actually, but it is, it is literally that. What year did Hercules come out? 97. That's the answer. I knew it was in 97 because there was a pin that had that I used to have that had 97 on it. I have the it. like baseball jersey that says Hercules on the back and it has the year it came out. Alrighty, so that's been the Disney Trivia Showdown. Some of us got stumped. Some of us got the right answer. That's been this episode of the Rope Droppers Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. It was a blast redesigning Animal Kingdom today with the guys and talking about the latest in Disney news. Let us know what you think about our drafts over on Instagram at the Rope Droppers Podcast. You can also find you can also find all of our information in the description down below. Yeah, so my name is Glenn. My name is Landon. I'm Colby. This has been the Rope Droppers Podcast. We'll see you real soon.